So exciting episode today, Tomain. I'm really excited. Finally, 12, 13 years in the making this, I think. We're going to set you up with the stocks and shares ISA and we're going to put an investment inside of it. So we're going to look at how to pick an investment platform, sometimes called a broker. Uh, we're going to look at then, you know, the type of account that you should use and, and kind of the thought process I go through when selecting where I invest. And then also we're going to just take a look at deciphering some of the investments on the platform so you can know what they mean and then hopefully have the confidence to start investing yourself. There's a lot going on on the platforms. There's going to be a lot of clarification. Love yeah, it. but I think actually what we can do today is we can, we'll realize that a lot of it is the same thing or just different variations. And once you understand a few key terms, you can cut through that. And even I don't understand everything in the names and stuff. So what I'll also do is show you how to figure out what's in there. Teach a man to fish kind of vibes. <laughs> so let's just start first of all by talking about actually selecting a platform to invest with. I've got some notes here. If I look at these uh, for the people that are watching on YouTube, it's just to make sure that I cover every point. But there's lots of different um, ways to invest in the UK. You can use traditional legacy brokers, which are like Hargreaves, Lansdowne, Vanguard, the big platforms, AJ Bell. There's the newer um discount brokers they're called or discount platforms. And they would be Trading212, Free Trade, these kind of more popular app-based ones. And then there's robo investors, which are, they basically say they do the work for you. You you know, Moneybox and um, other ones like that where you don't really pick the investments, they do it for you. I personally don't use robo investors because I think they charge you a fee to be a middleman when they don't need to. You know, you could do it yourself. Um, the, key, the key question that you need to ask yourself before you start is, what type of investing do I want to do? Because not every platform offers everything. It's like going to a shoe shop to buy a ham. If you I mean, buy when I ham. try and get my <laughs> shoes size 12 and a half, I can never have my size. You've got to go to the outlet malls, you know, oh. like Nike outlet. Do you oh. see these? Oh, fancy. Size 14s, yeah. mate. Size 14. <laughs> Look at that. Look at the tongue. It's a size 14. Nah, it's a fraud. You're not size 14. Look at that. Oh, that's right. You're not yeah, a size yes. 14. Yeah, I am a size 14. So, well, no, I'm, I range from a 12 to a 14. Yeah, it's yeah. fraud. fraud. <laughs> but you can get them at the outlet malls. Anyway, it's, you need to, sorry, I'm just putting my shoe back on. So you need to, after Tomain ripped it off my foot aggressively, <laughs> you need to decide what type of investing you want to do because then that's going to dictate what platform you use. There's no point saying I want to be an, someone who invests in individual stocks and then going on the Vanguard platform and signing up because they don't offer that. Okay, so do you want to invest in funds? Do you want to invest in individual companies? Do you want to do a little bit of both? And that's going to whittle down the options. Every year I make a video on this where I say, these are the best platforms in my opinion. And we can link that in the, um, the newsletter for this year. But yeah, have that conversation with yourself. The next thing you want to do then is, okay, I know what style of investing I want. Now, do they offer the type of account that I need? So the types of accounts are general investment account. This is just your bog standard account, like a bank account, but for investing inside of. There's then an ISA, which yeah. is the tax efficient version of a general investment account. In my personal opinion, um, some people would disagree, but I would always be using an ISA instead of a general investment account because why not protect your money from tax long-term, future-proof it, yeah? And then you also have things like SIPs, which are, Pensions, right? Self-invested pension plan. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say, yeah, that might, it might be personal <laughs> It pension. might be wrong. Don't, don't, don't quote me on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so 
obviously understanding what type of account you want because people might open a sip, put the money in and then realize they can't touch it until they're late fifties and be like, oh no. Or what's more common is people invest through general investment accounts and then realize, oh crap, I, I should really be inside of an ISA. For most people listening, I would say if you, if you want to, if you're thinking, oh, I don't know what to do, an ISA is a great place to start. That's where I'll be starting. Yeah, and that's what we're gonna do for you today. So you've considered what type of investments, you know that those platforms then have the account that you want, the type, and that's whittled you down, okay? Next, you look at fees. So the types of fees to consider are the platform fees themselves and then the investment charges. So the platforms will typically have a fee. There can be so many different types of fees. It can get quite confusing. They can have, you know, like fixed platform fees of 0.15% of everything you invest, yeah? Or they might have an FX conversion fee, which means if you buy an American investment, you pay a little bit, like when you go to the post office and you they charge you, they take a little bit off the top, you know? A little for, slice. Yeah, a little slice. So a lot of platforms have that as well for the conversion. So you're just gonna to need to Google the name of the, the platform and look at their fees. And they should have a full breakdown of all of the fees. What I would say is the lower, the better. You know, that that's like anything in life, but it makes a massive impact in the world of investing. So try and hammer the fees down as low as possible. And then the next and final thing is like a little throwaway is, do you want it app-based or website-based? Vanguard is only website. Some people love that because it stops them from doom scrolling on their portfolio every day. Whereas I like an app-based service as well because I want to check in quickly, you know? So that's the kind of way to narrow it down. And off that, you probably have a couple that you would you would look at. I guess the final thing that we should talk about is security, as in how safe is your money? Most brokers that operate in the UK, especially ones that offer ISAs, will be regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority. That means they're covered by the Financial Services Compensation Scheme. We sat down and spoke to them, if you remember. So that means you're covered up to 85K. A lot of people are like, oh, I don't trust these new brokers. If they've got those stamps, they've got that cover. I personally am okay with that up to that that limit typically. I like to have a few different brokers anyway, because I like to have multiple pots that will be 85K. So I'm covered across the board. Yeah. It also kind of, you know- Mitigates the yeah, risk in case. Yeah. Yeah, it gives me a bit of variance. It just means I'm, all my eggs aren't in one basket, you know. But I wanna reassure people and from that conversation that we had that there are robust regulations in this country and most brokers that operate here are authorized and regulated, but there are certain brokers that are not. So what you need to be doing is going on their website and checking or going on the, the FCA website or the Financial Services Compensation Scheme website, plugging in the name of the broker and making sure that they've got that cover. If they're not covered by that, don't use them because there is zero protection for you. And why wouldn't they be covered? You know, mm. me personally, I wouldn't mess with them. Don't touch it. No. So that that's how we whittle that down. It's a personal choice. Today, we're going to be using Trading 212. My personal choice. Yeah. You used it a few years ago. Yeah. And then took it all out and put it all in crypto. Yeah. Then- and now we're coming back for diversification. Yeah, that's what we're doing, <laughs> mate. We're going to get that ISIS set up. Full circle. Going to make you a millionaire. Yeah. So for those who are listening on audio, we've got a laptop in front of us where we've got the platform up. We'll link the video as well. So if you feel that it'll be useful to watch the video, you can. When we're talking through the platform, I'll explain what we're seeing. So you, you can, know, can help visualize it. But yeah, we do film these on video as well if you wanna watch that. And um, we'll have the screen recording up. So coming onto this platform now, it's quite a simple layout really. The home button portfolio is empty because you've got no investments. 
we're going to we're going to start with the search option so that we can nail down an investment before they go just know that we went into the isa section yeah the top right corner so they they list their accounts quite nicely they have three different ones as isas cfds and invest cfds are contracts for difference that's a form of options trading it's betting on movements it's like a lot riskier 70 80 percent of people who UCFDs lose money. They say that in the adverts. I'm like, that's a they great, great ad. Is that why? Yeah, they have to. Yeah, they're like, get into this trading. 80% of people lose money. And I'm like, yeah. I will not be touching that. Yeah, imagine if other companies had to do that. Coca-Cola, drink this for your whole life. It'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> like, imagine. It's, it's so addictive. <laughs> like, good. Yeah, but they don't. But they have to say that with CFDs. So yeah, we've got your eyes to set up. How easy was that to set up an ISA, by the way? It was very, I can't believe it's taken me so long. What did you have to do? Um, click on the ISA option. Click on the ISA button, that's it. I already had the app. All I had to do was click on the ISA yeah, button. They might make you sign a declaration, which is just like, it's like a form that comes through the app where you just tick yes. And it's like a terms and conditions thing. But yeah, opening an ISA, people think it's this crazy thing. Actually, it's just, you flick onto that section on the thing yeah. and you're away. So if you go on there, you can deposit funds. And that's as simple as that. You can do a bank transfer, or you can do it via your card, yeah. you know, real simple, but we'll get to that in a minute. So if we go on the search icon, we've got all of the different investments and they break them down into stocks and ETFs. We just want to clarify what an ETF is. Exchange traded fund. Yeah. Look do, at me learning look stuff. Look at this guy. Yeah. Do you, know, do you know what the difference is between an ETF and an index fund? No. <laughs> okay. There are differences, but from an, an investing perspective, it doesn't make much difference. Which so, one do you go for? I'm not bothered, I'm not bothered. Hold on a second. I'm just watching this back and while this episode is focused on beginners and I don't want it to get too bogged down in the details because you know, T will just go fully under. I do think there are some important differences between the two index funds and ETFs that we should talk about. The main difference between an index fund and an ETF or an exchange traded fund is that an ETF can be bought and sold like a stock, meaning the price fluctuates throughout the day. Whereas an index fund, they set one price a day that you can purchase it at normally at the end of the trading day. For long-term investors, this difference doesn't really matter, but ETFs do tend to be slightly cheaper. Now, cost isn't everything though. Quality needs to be con considered also. With ETFs, there are different types, or a better way of saying that is, certain ETFs track the index or list of companies in different ways. Let me just give you a couple of examples. If I go onto VWRL, which is Vanguard's World Fund, it's also an ETF. You will see here it says, investment approach through physical acquisition of securities. The keyword there is physical. Physical in this context means that the fund actually buys shares in the company on the list. So if there are 3,665 companies in the index, every time you buy it, your money is spread across that amount of businesses. You own tiny little bits of each of those businesses. You may also see a fund state that it uses representative sampling like here on Vanguard's FTSE Global All Cap. This means that instead of buying the whole index and copying it exactly, they're buying a sample of the companies in order to replicate the returns of the index. If we look at the provided past performance chart which compares the returns of the index fund itself versus the index they're trying to track, we can see here that the sampling technique has done a good job of mimicking the underlying index. I've linked an article in the newsletter that compares these two types, both physical strategies in more detail for you. Finally, sometimes you can see other ETFs state that the purchase method is synthetic, or this can be listed as swaps like it is here on this X-Tracker's S&P 500 Swap USITS ETF. This means that they're not actually buying the companies. They instead use complicated instruments like swaps to replicate the performance. 
These sorts of ETFs have become popular because the fees tend to be even lower. But for me personally, I want to know that if I'm buying an index, that the index is then actually buying the companies itself. You're looking for words like physical or synthetic in the description for the fund, or most funds on their overview will have a section like this called replication method. Notice here how it says physical. In the newsletter, I'm going to include a link to a video that goes into this in more detail and just explains some of the differences between synthetic and normal ETFs and also gives you some of the risks that are involved with the synthetic ones. But right, that's enough of me. Let's get back to this. We're going to look at ETFs, exchange traded funds, basically index funds. We're not going to look at individual stocks today. That's a video for another day. Obviously, there's plenty of different types of investment that you can do. Exchange traded funds are just one. You could look at stocks. You could look at managed funds, actively managed, financial advisor. We're only looking at this because this is what I do. So it's my experience. Okay. And we don't want to pay those financial advisors fees. <laughs> no, <we laughs> Keeping don't. my money. Yeah. Okay. So... If we go on to ETFs here, the, the reason I like Trading 212 is they give, I mean, most will do this, but they give lists of like the most popular. So if you click on most popular, you can see all these different funds and each one does a different thing. Think of it again as it's just tracking a list. So when it's saying the Vanguard S&P 500 DIST or Vanguard FTSE 100 ACC, that basically is them saying, we are Vanguard, that's who the money is with. And we're tracking the FTSE 100. And if you don't know what that is, you just Google it, you know, so. Where I get confused is all the difference. The, Dis, the bits at the end. Dist, ACK, growth. Let's just take the top one on the list here, which is the Vanguard S&P 500 distributing or DIST, okay? It says it's listed on the London Stock Exchange. That's important because you might see ones that are listed on say the New York Stock Exchange, but that would mean then you were buying it in dollars. So if there was a currency conversion fee it's on the platform, that's gonna, it's gonna hit you. You might see that the same fund or what appears to be the same fund is listed in a few different countries. I personally would buy the UK version to avoid any currency concerns. You know, you might wish to buy the American version, but I wouldn't personally. So all I've done is Google the name of the fund. Yeah, and, and it brings up lots of information about it. You could go on Vanguard's website and see what it says specifically about it. So if you click on it, there's also an information section within 212 itself. But if you look here, it just says the fund's objectives. So the fund employs a passive management or indexing investment approach. Yeah, like everyone knows that basically just means that no one's picking the investments. It's just yeah. tracking this It's just list, tracking the- Yeah, through physical acquisition of securities and seeks to track the performance of the standards and pause 500 index. So if you're looking at a fund and it's and in the description it says it's looking to track this index, if you're unsure what that index does, Google the name of the index. So if you then do that, you'll get the information here. See the Standards and Poor 500 or simply the S&P is a stock market index tracking the stock performance of 500 of the largest companies listed on the United States. So now you know this fund is, is tracking that list. And if you wanted to look at that on Trading 212, is there like an information yeah. section? So you could click on Trading 212 itself, click on the actual investment, and then you can scroll down. And, and it, within the documents, you should have a key, key information document like this. Ah. So again, you can find that information. It says a risk and reward profile here. I don't like these personally and financial advisors would probably hate me for saying this, but I think that they paint the risk as, as too high. Someone will look at this and go, 
That's very. It's risky. a six out of seven risk. Yeah. Bloody hell, that's like jumping out of base jumping. Do you know what, I mean? <laughs> what, what in your life is a six, six out of seven? You know, so. It's like chances of getting burned extremely high. Yeah, what's buying? What's going all in on on Dogecoin? If if, if, a, if an a index six, fund yeah. of the five hundred biggest businesses in America is a or, six out or of seven. Or Toecoin. To yeah, Toecoin. Like what? What is like the riskiest investment? Yeah, you can, if that's a six, and yeah. it's meant to be. That's got to be like a fifteen out of ten, uh, seven. So yeah, they, but all they basically do this for is because it's all in equities. There's no bond allocation and that. Can you guess what the biggest learning has been from doing this podcast or even my YouTube channel? It's that the most important investment you can make is in you. So for me, my path to real wealth isn't through investing, it's by building this business. And that's why I'm happy that we're working with Hostinger. Hostinger help entrepreneurs, freelancers and side hustlers with their websites. My favourite thing is their AI website builder, which helps anyone create a professional website with zero coding experience. You just describe your goal in a couple of sentences and the AI creates a beautiful looking website just like magic. You can then customise it, use the AI assistant to generate SEO friendly text and even use their AI logo maker. It's fast, user friendly and of course what I like the best is it's great value for money. You can get website hosting in a free domain from £2.99 a month. So if you want a website, then check out Hostinger. And if you use the code making money, that's making money all one word, you'll get 10% off. And I've left a link in the description for you. Before I became a creator, I was a sales guy. I mean, I love selling. It's how I rebuilt my life after some wrong turns in my 20s. I also delivered Chinese takeaways on the side, but that was more fun money so I could go out on a night without feeling guilty. Sales was where the real money was at. And one tool that I found really useful was LinkedIn Sales Navigator. It's a sales intelligence platform that helps you identify and then get into conversations with high value customers so you can drive more revenue. You can use it to look for key signals like recent job changes, so you can find buyers who are most likely to convert. And because they've got a billion people on the platform, I mean, the chances are your targets are going to be on LinkedIn. Sales Navigator gives you the most up-to-date, first-party data so you can get into conversations with the people that matter. So if you want to give Sales Navigator a try, you can get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash upsell. That's linkedin.com slash U-P-S-E-L-L for a 60-day free trial. So let's just run through some of these now, see if you can... Yeah, when I came on, on to look for my ETF, it just got confusing because I'm like, there were six called Vanguard. Um, and then- So Vanguard's just the name of the yeah, company. Yes, the name of the That's company. That's the brand. Yeah. yeah. And then the FTSE- iShares is BlackRock. Four FTSEs. Yeah. So FTSE, again, it, FTSE 100 is the Financial Times Stock Exchange, top 100 companies in England. FTSE 250, is top the, 250. No, it's the, the number 101 to 350. Oh, the top so 100 and then the next, next 250. 250. Oh. Again, you can find that out by copying and pasting and it will tell you. So how does that work? But then the 500 is the top 500, but the 250 is not the top 250. It's not the top 250, no. How, how, how do you keep track? So is that 500 is top 500? Well, if you click on it, it says this fund passively tracks the FTSE 250 index. You paste that in. One sec. Damien's still figuring out copy and paste. Oh, mate. <laughs> The FTSE is comprised of the 101st to 350th largest company listed on the London Stock so Exchange. So this is what we're talking about. Make sure you know what you're investing in. Yeah, because you might buy slapped. that and go, oh, that's the top 100, 250. I'll do that. That's and what I would have done. Know. And then I'm like, oh, it's not the... Where I'm like, where's... um. 
one of Tesco's and it's yeah, like yeah, not exactly. there because it's in the top 100. So. But you can see how easy it is to get that information. Click on the key information document, copy and paste what the list is and Wikipedia will tell you what that does. So if we, let's say now you wanted to invest in the S&P 500 because we're looking at the top list here. So it's only giving us one for each. Whereas if we go ETF, now there's loads of S&P 500s, right? So let's whittle this down a bit so we can kind of figure out what some of them mean because I understand someone might plug in S&P 500 and then get a bit worried or confused about 50 options. I was that someone. In a minute, we'll go through a global index fund for the same process, but I do the S&P because it's the most tracked market on the planet. So there'll be loads of different funds. So it's a good exercise for showing how to decipher them. Okay. So first things first, what stands out here? We've got, you know, Vanguard ones. Okay, we've got three different Vanguard ones there. We've got an iShares one, which is BlackRock. So if, if they've got different logos like this, Vanguard, iShare, X-Trackers, just think of that as different brands selling the same stuff. It's like packs of crisps or olive oil on a shelf. Do you know what I mean? It's just different brands, okay? If you look on the, the right-hand side here, you can see the different exchanges. So you see this one here is listed on the Italian exchange, and this one here is the German. So you can almost discount those unless yeah, you want to buy in those currencies. Yeah, to the London ones. And then you can see these ones, this one here says DIST and this one says ACC. Distributing and accumulating. Do you know what that means? Uh, accumulating, you get dividends? You get dividends in both. Oh. It's how the dividends are paid. Okay. So distributing means it's paid to you as income. So you get the money in your trading 212 account. Accumulating is automatically reinvested. Reinvested, oh yeah, that's the one. Most people talk about accumulation funds as if they're better. It's the exact same. It's just with distributing, you get, you've got to reinvest that yourself. What, what would be typically how people might use them is they use an accumulation fund over the lifetime of their investing while they're building their pot. And then in later life, they might switch it all over to a distributing and live off the income that it pays. I use a distributing version of a global fund because I like to receive the dividend and reinvest it myself. It's like a little little treat. You get a little high, don't yeah, you? Yeah, a little dopamine. You get a little fix. buzz. That's right, mate. So if I was gonna choose one so far, I'd probably be looking at the You'd third one. You'd be looking one. at that one. S&P 500. It's a, it's a UK fund. It's listed in pounds. It's distributing. So you might wanna look for the accumulation version, which is right here. Oh no, okay. that's-, that's uh... See, even Damien gets confused. <laughs> it's a lot. There. No, that's that's in dollars as well. Oh my word. Maybe there isn't a, an accumulation version of the fund. You can find it with another company. Okay. What you would want to do then is, let's say you've got a couple here where you're like, okay, there's a Vanguard one. There's a BlackRock one. There's a few here that, that yeah. look okay. You click on it. You then want to look at like the key information documents again. And what you want to look at is the fees. So you see ongoing charges here. So on every key information document, which we're looking at, there's a, there has to be a charges section and they, they have to list all of the fees. So the ongoing charge for this fund is incredibly cheap. 0.07% a year. I don't mind that. That's very cheap. Sounds all right. One benefit of investing in the American market is you can get very cheap funds, much cheaper than even a global index. Oh, there it is. Uh, S&P 500 uh, yeah. accumulation right below. Right below it. Yeah, because yeah. we couldn't see the... Wood for the trees or whatever the saying is. But yeah, it's right there. So yeah, that's the accumulation version of the one above. So all that basically means is that that one will reinvest your dividends automatically. That one will distribute them to you as income. So you'll get every three months with this fund in particular, it says this is when, how you get paid, you, you get your dividend. I think I'll go for the accumulation. Okay. I, I don't get the rush that you do. Well, we're going to look at global indexes in a second. I just did the S&P because it's so easy. Do you think they'll have the same fees? 
Yeah, yeah, it should do. It should, it should be, be a zero point, zero point zero seven. There you go. Same yes, thing. good stuff. And That's the key one. information document tells you everything. So you see, it's got the past performance in here, all of that. I mean, don't look at past performance too much. But if you go across the three, if you get the three, if you get three options from three providers, you can compare the past performance on all three quickly and say, well, this one seems to be tracking the the market better than that one. They should all be very much the same. So it's how close the boxes are to each other. So they're very. So you can you see here yeah, on the, the fund and the index how the, how. The key message I want everyone to get who's listening is the key information document that's attached to the fund has absolutely everything you need in it. So if you look at the past performance section there, you can see in black is the fund, in gray is the index. So you, can you see above it there? So it says the fund produced an 18% return and the index produced a 17.8% return. So the fund actually did better than the index. How is that possible? There'll be some nuance to it. I don't know. Creative accounting. Um, <laughs> But you can see here as well. Yeah, so it's, it's actually, very closely. it might have um, a small holding for cash to keep the fund liquid. So like if people want to buy in a sellout, they might hold a small portion of bonds on the side and they could have performed to, to give that little boost or something. But you, you can see how it's pretty much there, right? Yeah. So you can, that that alone. So on this key information document, you're checking what the, what the index it tracks is. If you don't know what that is, copy and paste it into Google. It'll tell you on Wikipedia. You then have a look at the fees. And then you can look at past performance versus the index it tracks. And you just want to make sure that, you know, like dot for dot, basically, that they track each other quite similarly. If that's the right way to, similarly. Similarly. Simi similarly. <laughs> okay, now I want to look at a global index fund. So it can be a bit a bit harder to find a world because you can type, some will call them global, some will call them world. I typed in global and I got confused. Yeah, so if you put world, you'll, you'll get a few more options up. But... The the idea here is that rather than just betting on America, you're betting on the whole world, right? Andrew Craig, how to own the world, okay? You'll see lots of jargon as you go through things. So on here, there's a couple of things we've not seen yet. ESG. Uh, that's like social. Environmental social, social governance. governance, yeah. Yeah, so that just means that the fund is, is skews ethically. So it tries to invest in certain companies that are more ethical. The key thing for that is if someone's listening and thinking, oh, I'd like to ethically ethically invest, search what their criteria is. So here you've got, the fund is provided by X trackers. It's the MSCI world. So MSCI again is, is the company that compiles the list, right? So just like FTSE or S&P, it's just another list making business. And then ESG, means it's got a, it's got this lean towards being green. You need to check what that lean means because not ev the problem with morals is not everyone's morals are the same. <laughs> so they might go, well, we don't like tobacco and oil, but we, we don't give a, we don't care about pollution. You might be like, well, I'm really about veganism and green. You, you need to look at what that ESG means. You can search the index and you'll be able to find information on how they screen companies. It should be in the information sheet, right? It, it, maybe, maybe, maybe not. not yeah, yeah it, it might not be as, as in-depth as you need. So there's loads of funds here that we can see. FTSE All World, there's the high dividend ones. I mean, do any of these stand out to you? I like the Vanguard FTSE All World high dividends. Yeah, so what do you think that means? You get a lot of dividends, but you get a slower <laughs> return. Not, not necessarily. All that means is it invests in companies around the world that have a track record for paying high dividends. Do you have any of these? Yeah, I've got the Vanguard FTSE All World. Um, Distribution. Yeah. yeah. And then I've got the the, the FTSE Global All Cap. What, so, is um, that here? No, because it will be a global fund. So, so what's the difference between 
global and world, they're the same. Yeah, they are the same. So what you'll get though is that, you see it says all cap. So all cap means all capitalization. What we're gonna do in the, in the making money newsletter is we're gonna put a glossary of terms with all the definitions because there's just simply too many for me to go through all of yeah. them. What we'll do, if we put them all there, then people can refer to that. But I'll refer to it as my little cheat sheet. Yeah, exactly. And then you ask me something, I'll be like, yeah, I know. I yeah. know what that's called. <laughs> Pull out my phone like, yeah. <laughs> we know how you passed your degree. <laughs> <laughs> um, so all cap means all capitalizations. So you'll often see that the index will say it tracks medium and large businesses. Whereas all cap is small, medium and large. It just means all sizes, yeah. all cap, all sizes. So one downside of say VWRL, which is Vanguard's world fund, which is the one I use, is that it only tracks medium and large businesses. Whereas the FTSE global all cap, which is a global index fund that I put in my SIP, that tracks small, medium and large. Is so a benefit, all cap means- Is a benefit that if some of the smaller ones they can grow, they've got a, exactly. they can grow a lot more than like Apple. But or then it works the other way, right? So because uh, they could just go yeah. bust. And and let's say te a business like Tesla, if you invest in a global index, you only started buying that when it was medium and large. Yeah. Whereas you could have caught it at the at the beginning the, uh, and then you know, been long for the, the ride. Like, yeah. yeah Facebook but then at the same Amazon. time, those smaller businesses tend a lot of them tend to fail. Yeah. You know, so there's a there's a trade off there. This is why I have an all cap inside of my SIP, and then I have just the medium and large within within my ISA. So people have different views on, on what they buy and, and how they want to do it. You can, you can see here, this is the distributing version of the FTSE All World Index. So that's just the top, that's just the big ones. So if, let's do the process again. You do it, you go find out what that means. I'm gonna head up the documents. Yep. Key information document, my best friend. Uh, then we're going to have a little scroll. Oh, actually, no. We'll you want to find out what it does first. The yeah. index is comprised of large and so mid-sized companies. You see here, it says dots. it tracks the performance of the FTSE All World Index. So copy FTSE All World Index. Now we're struggling with copy and paste. Look, this laptop's too small for my big hands. Control C. Okay. Like the tube. <laughs> <laughs> Tube's too small for tall people. See, that's how you copy and paste, Damien. Yeah, I've seen that. So Look. scroll down. International Equity Index, which tracks stocks from developed and emerging markets worldwide. And you see, it gives you a map there where it shows you all of the different places that, that it tracks and oh, stuff. It's quite cool. useful, isn't it? So you know that it's basically tracking businesses from both big and underdeveloped economies um, all over the world. Yeah. Oh, let me see some fees. They're a lot higher. 0.22%. You're just spoiled That's by the 0 0.07. Robbery. You're just spoiled by, spoiled by the 0 0.07. I want a 0 0.07 on everything. No, you're not going to get it. So the, the problem is with a global index fund is that some markets aren't as easy to access, so they have higher fees. When you're buying stocks and shares in India, for example, it costs more money than it would in the American market. There's a strong argument for just in, in investing in the American market because 65% of the global market is the American market anyway. So when you buy a global index... 65p in every pound is going into American businesses anyway. So, I mean, this 0.22% or the 0.07%, how do these like ongoing fees work? Like how often do they charge you? It's a percentage annual fee taken directly from your holdings. So they just skim it off the top of the fund, I guess, every year. The good thing is when you buy in Vanguard and stuff, you get in high quality, cheap funds that do what they say. You know, some of the more obscure funds where it's like, tracking the gaming market or tracking electric vehicles. Some of those they're might have some, new. yeah. And they're, they're very niche and the fees can add up and there might be hidden fees. 
you typically find with a Vanguard fund, you're not getting many hidden fees. Sweet. Yeah. So if I want to pick one, which one am I going for? I can't tell you that. Mate. I know, but I know, but we need to find a list so I can narrow it down. Yeah. So if we if we put um, World in again, because we're looking at global indexes. So the iShares Core MSCI World. Let's have a look to see if the fees are cheaper on this. Yeah, because I mean, I was with Vanguard till I saw 022 percent. These guys hiding their fees. Oh, oh they go point two zero. Keep a little two for you, mate. Oh, I'll have some of that. <laughs> I'll have a bit of that. Let's just check what it does. The index measures the performance of large and mid-capitalization companies in developed countries. Companies are included in the index based on free float market capitalization weighted basis. All that basically means is however big they are, there's how much money they get. So if you think about the S&P 500, the top five businesses make up a large proportion of the total value of that, that so index. They proportionally so invest. they get the more of yeah. the money. I want to stick with Vanguard. I like Vanguard. Okay. Personally, this is not financial advice. <laughs> Which uh, out of those two would you pick? So there's two on the screen. There's Vanguard FTSE All World Distribute and there's also another Vanguard FTSE All World Distribute and they've both got the exact same symbol. This one, because it's London, the top one is London Stock Exchange. The bottom one is Amsterdam. So it's listed in euros, which means you would pay a conversion fee yeah. when purchasing it. I like Holland, but not that much. Let's go for this one. One thing to do before you, you finally like, you know, take the plunge is if you Google it, you can go on Vanguard's actual website and they've got the fund there. And I find that then they tell you a little bit more. You see here how it says the number of stocks. So that you're buying 3,691 businesses in one purchase with that. If you go onto portfolio data, it will tell you where you're investing. You see there what I said about North America being 62%. 62%. Europe is 16%. So 16p in every pound is getting spread across yeah. Europe. You can, you can look at the top holdings as well, which you know here by sector, technology, and then you see the holding name. So Apple, this is how massive Apple Four. is. 4% of everything you invest goes directly to Apple. That's how much of a... If you look at that, Apple is 4.3% of the total index. The UK, I believe, is 4%. So yeah, United Kingdom, 4%. So Apple is bigger than the whole of the UK market. So then we looked at all these different funds, uh, accumulation, distribution, um, Vanguard, all these different Hargreaves, Lansdowne. What, I mean, does it make a big difference in the long term? Well, I mean, I hope I showed that a lot of them are doing the same thing, yeah. tracking the same things. They're just different companies offering the similar products. And there are nuances, you know, different currencies and stuff, and that, that is going to impact you in terms of fees. But what I would say is that you're investing consistently over a long period of time. The first investment you make, it's, it's not going to shape the whole of your investing lifetime, if that makes sense. I made mistakes in the past where I bought a fund and then I was like, oh, I probably shouldn't be in that one. I should be in this one instead. But I was only investing £100 a month, you know, over the course of 40 years. So- And you can always switch over, right? You can switch if you yeah. want, yeah. And, and the key thing is if it's a global fund and you've, done, you've been through the process that we've been through and you know that it tracks the index that you want it to track, then they're all much of a muchness. There might be just slight nuances in terms of fees or if it's distributing or- But they're doing the same thing overall. Pretty much, yeah. You know, you just need to- look at the name and, and decipher it in the way that we said. Nice. Right then T, after 13 years of friendship, me pecking your head for a, over a decade, let's finally do this and get a fund in your eye, sir. What are you going for? Vanguard, FTSE, All World. Go on Because then. it's got the, um, I need that diversification across the world. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go on then. So London Stock Exchange one, not the Amsterdam one, because I want to pay in pounds, not euros. Click on here. Yeah. Click on buy. Yeah. Why is the market closed? 
Because it, it's the time of day. Oh, so it is. So even if you buy it now, the, the order won't go through until the market's open, which will be, you know, tomorrow. Nine o'clock or something. Yeah, is it half eight? Oh, it's eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. Okay, 14 hours. So I click buy. Buy. Bosh. But you got no money. <laughs> Look, I've got money. It's just not here. I can't yeah, show, sure, show the world yeah. my 20 grand. I'm about to pawn some of that gold, haven't you? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> um, and then I just put how many shares I want or the value. Well, if you click on here, so you can click value or you can click number of shares. Yeah, I'll go so for that's value. the per share price. But it's easy just to put value because you can buy fractional. So you could put, you know, a hundred pounds or whatever. Or a thousand pounds. All right. Or... 10,000 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, cool. Well, what I'll actually realistically be doing is probably putting in like 500 quid a month. Yeah. No, I'm not dropping like 20 Do you want, do you want to work out what that might, that might, might potentially definitely not advice, but, but I need to, yeah. but I do need to get my full allowance done, don't I? So if we go, if we go on a compound interest calculator, well, the allowance is 1,666 pound a month, I think is the 20K over a year. So you could put that much in a month. But already halfway through the year. Yeah. So you just double that. So if let's say you put 500 a month, yeah. let's say a rate of return, we'll do the average of 9% pre-inflation. How many years? We'll just 30, do 30 years. That, oh, you, I like how you think I'm gonna live for that long, 20. <laughs> Statistically you will, mate. Oh, good stuff. We'll put 500 again. Yeah. Cheeky mill. Told you, and I've just got to get five more to my target and I'm sorted. And you will have put 180 grand in and you would have earned 742,000. I mean, if we a bit more conservative- Let's put a bit more money in there. Let's put a little, let's make okay, it- Okay, let's, let's say we're doing a thousand a month. Yeah. And we're at 6% now because we're being more conservative because people will moan about the 9%. That's still a mill. I was going to be busy. But yeah, mate, that's it. We, we, that's you're, simple. You're, you're, I didn't know about this. This is really, this is really exciting. I mean, because don't get I can too actually, excited. Obviously, I, mean, yeah. I always get too excited, yeah. you know me. You've, but I can actually like see how much I'm going to make well, in, th in theory. If you, if you get the average if return. If I get the return right, yeah. Are you excited? I'm buzzing, honestly. I can't wait. Yeah. Build this bad boy up. I would high five you, but it's a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like a little like Japanese oh. cartoon where they're like, Tia! If you want a summary of this episode with all the links we mentioned, sign up to our newsletter using the link in the episode description. And do keep writing in. We love hearing from you. So send us a question or tell us what you want us to cover in this season at makingmoney@kindling.media. Also, uh, while you're at it, remember to subscribe and please leave us a review. This is not financial advice. The reason it's not financial advice is because it's not tailored to you. Like we say a lot on the podcast, investments can fall and rise. In fact, this is almost a guarantee. Remember, past performance is no guarantee of future results. So your money is always at risk with investing. Also, remember other fees may apply. I'm Damien Jordan. I'm Tamana Carole. This episode was recorded by Jack Hobbs and edited and produced by Ruth Edwards. Music is by Felix Taylor. Our marketing director is Johnny Hunter. And it was all brought together by Will Stolomon. Quick question from me and the Making Money team. Would you like us to come into your workplace to teach you and your colleagues more about personal finance? It's an absolute joke that we're not taught what to do with money. And this knowledge gap makes most people much poorer over their lifetimes. Take your work-based pension. Most people have no idea what the fund they're invested in does. And plenty of people just opt out altogether. We can cover whatever is most important, from the basics to complex financial retirement planning supported by qualified financial advisors who are not there to sell you anything. We take different approaches for different people in a company depending on stuff like their age or their income. If you think people you work with could benefit from financial education, then please email will at getmost.co.uk. It doesn't matter what your role is in the business, we want to hear from you. 
So email will at getmost.co.uk and I've left a link in the description for you. Here at Mindset Win, we want to give you the tools to become better at what you do. Taking inspiration and wisdom from our guests, we will hear stories, strategies, tips and tricks. Told by leading names in sport and beyond. Who know what it takes to get to the very top. There will be two episodes each week packed with amazing stories and practical takeaways for us all to follow. Search for Mindset Win on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app.